Hi, Ross. Hey, Sam. We're doing it. We're doing another podcast. We're back. It's been a little bit longer than a fortnight. I went on vacation. Yeah, which is allowed. And you know what? I A vacation from your problems. It was a vacation from my problems, and I brought the recording equipment with me yeah. on vacation, and I didn't ever take it out of my bag. That's okay. It was... So, you brought the recording equipment with you with the assumption that we would not record. Yeah, and that was your idea to just yeah. assume we weren't going to record, but right. just in case I got inspired. Yeah, if it struck your fancy, yeah. like you're sitting around and it's a rainy beach day, like, well, let's record. It didn't rain yeah. a single time while we were at the beach. Isn't that cool? That is pretty cool. Yeah, I felt good about that. Uh, so, yeah, went on vacation, did not record, and here we are recording. We are recording. But I think, th- I think like we're through the summer weird schedule and the part yeah. where we both lost our jobs time yes. so, so i think so now we get to do with school starting <laughs> yeah that's true uh <laughs> and then we'll be in christmas and the schedule will be screwed up yep. again we'll, we'll make it yeah. make it work um i have some follow-up from last week you have follow-up some, from last week from last show i did, i wasn't trying to be pedantic i mean you have follow-up i Please do tell me this it's follow-up. big big time follow-up. big time follow-up follow-up oh is this my favorite thing in the world yeah, this is pretty good yeah so Ever since we did the podcast episode of Sam and Ross like things about Star Trek Voyage or Star Trek in general, I think that was two ago, right? Was that two ago? Sure, we're professionals. My uh, my wife Valerie and I have been talking about watching Star Trek Voyager together, mm-hmm. and we have done this thing. We have started <sighs> start in in like I don't know that wasn't that was like a month ago, right? That was mm-hmm. two shows ago maybe, and. I think we're like 14 episodes deep already, which I feel like that's a lot of Star Trek to watch in just like a little bit of time. And man, we're loving it. Awesome. It's been really fun. Uh, Valerie has been tweeting with the hashtag. My favorite hashtag. I think it's the hashtag is Val watches Voyager. It is. Um, And it's pretty good. And so we had, we were watching the first episode and she knew nothing about it. And I was trying very hard not to be, you know, Star Trek guy. Who, yeah. who knows everything yeah. pedantic annoying guy of annoyingness and so she was like what and this is not a spoiler but in voyager the the ship the voyager and the crew are sent a gazillion miles away to the delta quadrant to yes to the delta quadrant which is farther away than anybody else they're the farthest people away from home ever so they're lost at sea basically and valerie was like what Oh, are they? Have they been sent back in time? And I was like, scoff, scoff. Why? Why would you even say such that? Clearly, they're just far away. And then um, she was like, I don't know. And I was like, it's this show's not about time travel. Like, you know, it's like not everything's about time. And then literally four episodes in a row, like four of the six first six episodes are about time travel. Of course. And she was like, not about time travel, huh? And it just. It was, uh, I felt dumb and it was awesome. She was awesome. So, so I would, I would I highly, one of the things I, I like is hashtag Val watches Voyager. She loves Catherine Janeway. Everybody should. Oh, well, they should. And she scoffs where scoffing is warranted and yeah. it is delightful. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, that's the best part is my scoff at her was unwarranted and her rebuttal scoff totally warranted, a hundred percent warranted. Um, so yeah, that, that's some good follow up yes. for us. You have follow-up. I, I do. We watched all of Stranger Things. Yes. It is a great show. Did you like the bikes and the walkie-talkies and the vibe and stuff? It was a, it was incredible. Um, all I want to do is talk in the Slack room and the hashtag Stranger <laughs> Things channel. About season two? Or just in general? Just, in, you know, speculation of what does it all mean? Yeah. 
So here are two homeworks for you. Ooh. I mean, you may have already done one of these. Number one is, have you listened to the soundtrack? Uh, no. So soundtrack's good to listen to, I think. Okay. Just as a soundtrack. There's also a really great playlist on Apple Music called Inspired by Stranger Things. All right. And it's like a lot of Stranger Things type stuff, 80s vibe, new wavy, instrumental, electronic things, John Carpenter soundtracks, that kind of stuff. We'll put links to those in the show notes. Yes, we will. So that was my follow-up. Do you have any other follow-up? Follow-up, 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 follow-up. No, that was it. So now we come to one of the best sections of the show. Stuff other people like. Other people. Other people I'm so excited for later in the show. I know. Okay, okay. I know. Anyway, so this is this is a big list. I think we might get to the point where there's just not enough time to share everybody's thing. Is that true? We might we might get there. Okay, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Cat. Who I'm married to. Who you're married to. Like this is this one is good. Likes walking barefoot on a freshly steamed freshly steam cleaned floor. It's delightful. I enjoy how that's worded too. It it's evocative. Yep. Um, Jeff Green likes turtles. Turtles are great. Andrew Hunter, who is my cousin, likes Star Wars Rebels, which is good. And I've only seen a couple episodes. I liked the comic. Is it a comic too? There was a comic which is like the origin of that Padawan. Oh. And it like that the the his Jedi uh, master is like what you want Yoda to be. Oh. In the Clone Wars. She's like, I'm not don't call me general. Like I'm a keeper of the peace. Like it was awesome. You should read that. Okay. It's on Marvel, Marvel Unlimited. Is it really? Yeah. So it takes place before the show? Yeah. Okay. All right. I will do this. I just um, read, read the first arc. I stopped after that. Okay. He likes Mr. Robot, which I hear is amazing. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it But yet, I've heard either. many great things. And Stroopwafels, which I am also a big fan of Stroopwafels. Yeah, those are those the cookies? Yeah, the thin, real thin. Yeah. Uh, Robert Sterling. This is weird, but fascinating. Robert Sterling likes Great Lakes unflavored beef gelatin. Which he says he puts into stuff, and this is I'm a not I'm not a doctor, uh, I am not. But you are a professor. Sure, I am adjunctly. Um, he says he puts this in stuff, and it helps with his sleep and tendons and joints and stuff. I don't know if that's true, but that was the sound of me raising my eyebrows up. They, it, <laughs> this is a show about things we like, man. Uh, anyway, the idea that someone would intentionally consume more gelatin is fascinating to me. Chad Ingold likes Twitter. I also like Twitter. Larry Kruger likes board games. Uh, and we just talked about that before we started recording. Yeah, we're gonna, it's in the quick hits. Oh, it is in the quick hits. Uh, Valerie Catro, who I am married to, likes Rhea Butcher, who's the just most charming stand-up comedian. She's got a new album out in the iTunes you can check out. Making poop jokes with her kid, who's also my kid, <laughs> and her job. Yeah, she's she loves her job. She does love her job. Uh, Christine Ring has a related one to the previous thing: babies laughing at farts because <laughs> babies are awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and they're not. I like the uncensored. Like everybody thinks farts are funny, but like, you know, I guess sometimes it's not okay to either fart or laugh. And if you're a baby, you get to do both. Um, Haley DeRoche likes the Lizard People podcast, which I'm unfamiliar with. Me too. Uh, Molly Skotak, who is now Molly Skotak Hugel likes Instagram stories, which I know it's a podcast about things we like, but I'm a little bit partial to the Snapchat version of that. Kindle Paperwhite. Which is a thing that was liked on the show, a, a like prime. Like prime. Um, and then The Underground Railroad, which is a book by Colson Whitehead, 
which my mom was talking about today, and Oprah likes it. Awesome. Phil Williams likes the new Carly Rae Jepsen John. That's his, those are his words. And the new, which is her new album, which is fantastic. No, no lies there. And then he also linked to this thing. Did you watch it? Mm-mm. It's called, it's a band called the Cybertronic Spree. And they are a band that dresses up in like a cosplay quality transformer costumes. Nice. And plays music. Like the drummer is the, uh, is like the, is, uh, who's the guy with the tape deck? Soundwave. Soundwave, maybe. It's, you should check it out. We'll link it in the show notes. It's amazing. Suzanne Hall likes Watermelon, All the Light We Cannot See, which is a great book about World War II um, by Anthony Dewar. Jason Inofuentes likes Split Flap Signs, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, from because uh, they're getting rid of the one at Philadelphia 30th Street Station. Are they really? Yeah. To put, I guess, a digital replacement that makes yeah. no sounds or anything? Yeah. Apparently, the Split Flap runs like Windows 95, runs off of Windows 95 computer. What did it run before that? I mean, surely it existed before that, right? Like a guy turned like a man, (laughs) (laughs) a man that was literally ninety five years old. Yeah, Uh, that's disappointing. That makes me uh, kill my vibe a little. Kevin Pius likes cortados, which I had to look up what that is. Do you know what that is? Is it food? It's a coffee situation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then beers with watermelon in it, which I I'm okay. Oh, I I love watermelon wheat. Yeah, I'm 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 a fan of that. The the twenty first amendment thing. Chairman Brando likes. Chill Bill, which is a song that I looked looked up and listened to, and not driving a twenty one year old car, and then he's doing a little bit of inversion. I guess that is a like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've de- we decided that's an accept that's acceptable. It's only acceptable if you like doing, like you're getting joy out of not out doing, of not doing the. It's a tough. I'm going to allow it. Okay, I'm glad you're allowing it because I know that he's he's pleased about his no longer old car. Maybe his maybe what if I he enjoys driving his new car? Well, would he enjoy would he enjoy driving any car that's not his old car? Probably. Yeah. So that's that's fine. Okay. And then past tense on Twitter says the new Regina Spectre single, which I haven't listened to, but will now do that. Awesome. That was a long list. A long list. I'm inspired by several of these. I I it makes me like things. Yeah. Which is good. It is good. It's good to like this. Let's go to the show. Yeah, where will we be? Ross. Yes. You get to go first this week. Yeah. And it's not a surprise to the listeners. It's not a surprise. <laughs> what you're going to say, but it's a surprise. It's, it's a not surprise. even a surprise. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise to me. I know what you're going to say. I'm going to say you like gardening. I do, dude. Tell me about gardening. So gardening, this is not a novel idea, right? Like gardening. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Um, people have been gardening for a long time and people have been using gardening as a metaphor for stuff for a long time too. And I, so I think the thing I like most about gardening, my thesis statement here is that it's such a wonderful, like, like picture of a cycle in life. And it, and it's a thing that lasts really you're gardening most of the year. Um, and through different parts like planning and buying the stuff and planting and growing and then like thinking about next year and all that stuff so that lasts a long time and there's this nice like cycle right of like growth fruitfulness would you call it a circle it's almost like there's a circle of of liveliness of liveliness liveliness. (laughs) i've got to be aware of the trademarks (laughs) which we'll talk about later um yeah so i like i i really enjoy gardening and i've been doing on and off 
slight like growing sized plots in my backyard um meaning the, the plots have grown in size e- each year uh probably f- since we moved in this house maybe like four or five years um with a couple years off and i can't decide whether i like the planning aspect of gardening more than the actual reaping but both both aspects are wonderful i think tell me a little bit more about so you said there you you do the planning yeah you do the planting you do the growing and you do the reaping yeah uh how do you do that and because you have to do it like every day well almost so i i have i'm still working through what i like to call no work gardening okay and a couple years ago i tried a true no work garden where i planted the things and then did nothing from that point (laughs) (laughs) that's not how you grow a garden (laughs) turns out you can grow some stuff like that but the reality is it doesn't work it's mostly ambiguous squash no i didn't even get that i I got lots of plants but nothing fruited really okay um so really it starts on an ipad for me and i sketch out what my things are and then i open up tell uh, me more about that so So, i so you have specific plot yeah i have plots that are that are like uh three by six square foot gardening type things kind of yeah and so i I will i will take the plots i have two they're about three by six they're two individual ones that size and then i'll kind of like draw them off what what do i want to grow this year this year it was tomatoes squash collards kale hot peppers green beans and i think that's it how do you decide that and how do you like is there an almanac yeah okay you have to look at to be like this is where the no work part comes in, where I think if you want to be a farmer where your livelihood depends on the efficiency of your garden, you have to know a lot of things. Okay. If you want to be a guy who, when he takes his dogs out to go poop in the yard, comes the back dogs, with- The dogs poop in the yard. Yeah. Did I, did I phrase that poorly? <laughs> <laughs> it was unclear. Unclear. A guy who takes his dogs out to poop in the yard. That's what you said. Yeah. To it, well, you know, whatever, 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 however it works yeah. with you and your dogs. Um, and you return from that experience with some vegetables in your hands and pockets. Mm-hmm. You do not have to be as knowledgeable about stuff. Okay. So tell me uh, how you gain what little knowledge you use. That's part of the thing that's awesome is you can garden until you're a trillion years old. So every year when I fail, like this year, I failed big time at tomatoes. And so yeah. I have not, I know a little bit, I knew what I did this year was not great. And so I will make one small adjustment next year. How do you remember? Did I you write, write it down? I write it in day one. I have a gardening journal. So you're like Thomas Jefferson. I want to be like Thomas Jefferson in that respect, but I'm not, that's another thing I wish I was better at. I wish I was better at like taking more notes about it. So how do you, so you decided you're going to plant some things. Do you like look up? Like when to put the seeds in the thing? Kind of. I, there's a, a great local place called Southern Seed Exchange, and they have a million heirloomy sorts of things, and it'll tell you generally, like, you need to plant this. And it's all based on first frost, right? So, like, or last frost, sorry. So, like, the, the last day the, it frosts because that'll kill plants. All right, I, so how do you know when that happens? Oh, you just Google it. <laughs> and it just says... Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know that, and then then this will be the 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 Southern Seed Exchange people will be like, if you want to plant, oh, I did arugula this year, mm, so good. Arugula worked out great, and it was like arugula you got to plant in the ground fifteen days after the first after the last frost. 
And so you just look up Google when that date is, and then you write it down in your Evernote or wherever, or your notes.app. Like, they okay. know ahead of time? They know, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always the same for your area of the country. So Richmond's first, or I keep saying first, Richmond's final frost is always around April 20th or whatever, whatever it may be. How do they know? They, that's what I'm saying. Like the farmers who half their livelihood is based on this have like written it down for 150,000 years or whatever. And but so, it never changes. I mean, it's, you know, there's like some wiggle room and you do, if you plant stuff in there and it, and it is going to frost again, you have to put blankets and stuff over your plants or they'll die. There are plant blankets, just regular blankets. Huh? You just want to keep the frost off of them. Cause it'll, it'll kill them. How do you know when the frost is coming again? You look at weather.app and it says like it will be less than 32 degrees tonight. And then you huh. go, oh, okay. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so the really the funnest and hardest part is going through that giant seed catalog and being like, okay, I think I want to do arugula. Here's 50 types of arugula. Which one wow. shall I plant? And you just pick one. Do and they then, have like pensies where they've got little descriptions of yes. this arugula goes yes. out adventuring? What an apt description. That's perfect because it is like that. And it's like oh, this arugula was first cultivated by Jane Goodson. She's an old lady who lives in this part of Virginia, and she's been working on arugula for 50 years. And you're like, that sounds wonderful. I will buy it. Huh. Yeah. So you pick your seeds mm-hmm. out of this catalog. Yeah. And they come to your house. Yeah. And then the packet says when to put them in the ground. You Google yep. Yep. when the tea date, the, yeah. the date is. Okay. And then you put it into like an OmniFocus to say plant yep. plant the arugula now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Arugula. And some of the stuff you'll have to buy is plants. Like no one's trying to grow a tomato from a seed. It's just like not worth your time. If you're, again, if you're an efficient farmer who's trying to like kill it and like make a living from it, then you probably are doing that. But it's just a guy. You're, you go to the farmer's market when it's tomato time. Buy the tomato plants and put them in the ground. Huh. Yeah. I know nothing about this. This is fine. And and so like this year, I watered the garden up until when it's been real dry recently. But like it rained so much, I think I watered the garden three times the entire summer. Huh. And so like I didn't really, I weeded a little bit. And that's where, that's my note for next year. I needed to weed more because the weeds have kind of taken over. But like, again, I'm not trying to like maximize the yield of this tomato plant. I just want to get some tomatoes. Right. And eat them. So do you have to, because you're going out there at least every once in a while with your dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not like, oh, we're going out every day checking on the plants and then you forget one day and then you forget two days and then it's been three weeks and then you're, all your plants are dead. So that can happen. Like we went on vacation yeah. and there were like, we had to throw away probably four cucumbers because they they grew to be a foot and a half probably and they're just big and gross and you don't want to eat them. But because because no one came by... And no one was like checking it. Then you know that's garbage. You gotta throw that away. Okay. So uh, you said you like you were debating whether you like the planning the best. Tell yeah. me what you like about the planning. Well, so like right now the garden is kind of fallowing on its way out. The hot peppers are still like doing their thing, but everything else is kind of tailing off. And it's already very exciting for me to think about like, okay, next year, what am I gonna plant next year? Or even fall crops, like, oh, okay. What can I do? And it's that idea of a cycle where like I did the planning and then I kind of let things go a little bit too crazy. And now it's exciting. It's just like OmniFocus, right? Oh, you, the, it's like wiping your hard drive. It is. It's exactly like that. And it's like, okay, well I can start even right now. I can do like a, a mid year review and start afresh Whoa. with some fall crops. And like that same thing that makes you feel good when you like rejigger your to do system. Yeah. It's that same feeling of like, okay, well 
I let things go a little bit too crazy with the summer garden. Well, now I can just start anew for the fall and how would I do that oh, differently and stuff. That sounds great. Yes. And it's, and it's so slow. It's that's appealing. Like it's not like we have to redo this stuff in a week. Like it just takes months for your garden to do a thing. So right. all your changes are, are like very widely spaced apart. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what is the, your favorite thing you've ever grown? These hot peppers I have right now are really awesome. Um, yeah. We have these ones. They look like they're like long and skinny and red and they're hot, but they also are kind of like meaty tasting. They have like a taste. They're not just super hot like a jalapeno with no kind of like taste. They have like an interesting umami taste to it. So those are pretty cool. We killed the cucumbers this year. They were I keep saying killed, which is weird because it's like growing things. We knocked that cucumbers out of the park this year and had a ton of them. And it made my child eat cucumbers because he saw them in the garden and picked them and was like, I will eat these. Wow. And yeah. they hadn't done that before? No. It's weird that kids, like, if they help make dinner, might eat that dinner. Yeah. And this is why he eats tomatoes that aren't cut up because he likes, like, cherry tomato plants are easy to grow. So we've done those in the past. So he'll eat cherry tomatoes, but he will not eat a sliced tomato. Huh. Whatever. Garden. Do you feel like a when you when you successfully garden or even moderately successfully garden, do you feel like you're in control of something? Yeah, it feels like I have switched I'm like a caveman. Not a caveman. I don't know what the words are for this, but I'm an, an early man, a hominid, and I've switched from hunting and gathering to agriculture. I've like tamed this piece of land to make it <laughs> do my bidding, you know? And and the bidding is like, there's a million weeds and like five peppers, <laughs> but it, it still feels awesome. It feels like, oh, maybe when the world economy collapses, like I can move to Hangover Island and yes. like contribute a little bit, you know? Yeah. You can grow the peppers. Yeah. I'll be in charge of the salsa. I'll figure out onions, got the peppers, <laughs> got the tomatoes. I got it. You definitely got it. So do you do this, uh, is this a Ross-led venture? Is this a family venture? Is this, do your family members get input into the planning? Or like they, no? Oh, yeah, they do. Um, that's a good point. It's Ross-led and Ross-executed almost to 100%. But like this year we grew carrots for the first time. And we only grew them because JR was like, I want to grow carrots. And I was yeah. like, okay. I, don't, I was like, I don't think they'll grow. I've never had success growing carrots and we did and they were awesome. Awesome. So, so that was kind of fun. And so I'm sure next year or whenever we plant the next set of things, he will want to have input because they have at his school, they have a garden. So he's like very aware of like planting things and okay. how it works and stuff. Have you ever, um, what's the most exotic thing you've tried to grow? Probably these dang carrots. They're like colored carrots. They're not just orange. They're like white and red and purple and yellow. Um, and just like root things are, I've grown radishes that are beautiful radishy green things above the ground. And then under the ground, they're like teensy little, tiny little root that you, it does not look like a radish at all. So I've grown plants, but never really like grown a root thing that you could eat. Mm -hmm. So this year the carrots were awesome. No one wanted to eat them. So I just pickled them all and they were amazing. Pickling's great. Yeah. That's cool. Any uh, closing statements about... Ross Catro Gardner. I don't know. I, I let's check back in. Let's do some follow up in like six months and see how where I am in my in the planning process. Okay. Because it's a thing I, I will probably be more excited to talk about it when it, it's the dead of winter and you can like start sketching stuff and like see the possibilities. Like are there like 
plants you can't put next to each other because uh, they talked bad about them in middle school. Again, they say this. Yeah, like yeah. It, you can, you can, the things can cross pollinate each other and screw each other up for sure. Define bees. Like bees are important. Some people will hand pollinate their squash, but again, this was no work. So like, I had a giant cucumber three or four cucumber plants i just i didn't stake them up i didn't do it i just let them grow across the ground as a vine and i did not pollinate i didn't do anything they just grew cucumbers i think if they wouldn't have grown cucumbers i would write that down and i wouldn't plant cucumbers next year rather than trying to like force cucumbers on the land right i just want to take what the land gives me <laughs> okay you know those are my closing thoughts great thanks ross thanks sam now I have a question for you. You have one question for me? Well, I'm going to start with one. We'll see how it goes from there. Let's do it. All right. The thing you like this week is a book. It is a book. And we've been talking about b- topics related to this book. So I'm hoping that the discussion of the book will lead to a discussion of slightly larger periphery of issues. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so the th- this this week, your thing is Little Brother. It's a Little book. Brother. Little Brother. <laughs> A book called Little Brother. A book called Little Brother, not the the three-legged or one-legged dog from Strong Bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You can like I that, can too. I can make it on my own. <laughs> yeah. oh, we'll put a link to that in the yeah. show notes because it's delightful. Yeah, it's a book called Little Brother. Uh, it's by Cory Doctorow, who writes novels and also does talks about uh, digital rights and things like that. And it is, the premise is one of my favorite books. I just finished reading it for like the sixth or seventh time. And whenever somebody says, whenever the topic of like encryption or privacy or on the internet comes up, I say, have you read Little Brother? And people are like, <laughs> no. And like, read this book. And they never do. <sighs> I'm going to do it. You are going to do it? Yeah, I'm 100% going to do it. And when you said, because this happened this week, earlier yeah. this week. Uh, we were talking about encryption, and then you said, "Have you, you should read Little Brother. <laughs> and I thought in my mind, nah. And then I read the Wikipedia tonight, and uh, I'll let you give a plot synopsis. But the plot sure. synopsis was way more intriguing than what I thought a book called Little Brother would be after, and in the context of we just talked about encryption, you have recommended me this book. Yeah, so the the general plot is there's this high school kid, and it's living in, at the time it was written, like a very near future book. Uh, and so now it is still kind of near future, but some of it feels a little, some of the text a little dated, but it's still, so it's this high school kid, his high school is high surveillance, uh, just cause that's happened. So like all his books have little book trackers in them. Uh, there are gate detection systems in his, in his school to like analyze like your walk. Mm-hmm. Basically he's getting spied on all the time by his school. Is this is this written pre or post nine eleven? Oh, post. Okay, uh, so informed by that. Sort oh, of. definitely informed of uh, uh, informed by that completely, uh, and the actions of government since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes out with his friends uh, to do a, an ARG, an alternative reality game. Uh, he got school, and while he's out with his friends. Uh, there's a terrorist attack in San Francisco where he lives and not giving away too much of the plot. He gets abducted by Homeland security and as like a, it's like a suspect sort of thing. 
and is detained for several days and is eventually let go. And once he's let go, uh, one of his friends is still missing. And so he kind of tries to figure out how he's going to find his friend and how he's going to expose this thing that happened to him while still under the threat of, they basically said, if you tell anybody, we're going to put you away for good. It sounds thrilling. Yeah, it's so it's it's a it's a book about how this kid gets around um gets around the government to um express his mind. He's not doing he's doing things that aren't necessarily illegal, but are done from from a place an example like they get to the point where uh, police are like scanning data of like looking at everybody's easy pass and looking at their subway history. And anytime someone is getting flagged for like suspicious movements, they'll send police to look at those people. Mm-hmm. And so what him and like his group do is they get little, um, ARFID scanners and start swapping people's, uh, it's uh, clever little arfids around and so it crushes the system to a halt saying like suddenly like everybody's movements are suspect Mm -hmm. and it isn't from a standpoint of oh i'm trying to mess up the government more so it as it is like the stuff you're doing isn't actually keeping us safe right so let's expose how ridiculous it is and this was really like not, nothing. Nothing you would do would stop the terrorist attack that just happened. Right. And this is, I think, and this is again just from Wikipedia, but like written joyfully as propaganda, right? Not in a not in a not in a pejorative way of propaganda, but like this is a guy writing this book to inform a younger generation about these issues through the means of a fictional novel, right? Right. So. It, it is propaganda. Uh, well, but it, it's, yeah, it's not, not propaganda. It's not probably, it's, uh, so it is talking about sort of s- somewhat speculative because this was pre-Snowden, but, you know. Turns out. Turns out. Things that government could do to spy on people if it had a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. And, and how that's not free, right? Yeah. And so, and so it talks, so some of the things that I take away from it are, um, one of the things he uses is encryption, uh, to, you know, send encrypted messages. But one of the problems with that is, okay, well, you're sending encrypted messages. That's fine. Like I, I could send secret messages to Ross all day, but if someone's monitoring network traffic and they suddenly see an uptick that. I went from sending 5% encrypted traffic to 20% encrypted traffic. Yeah, we're like, what's that guy up to? What's that guy up to? So just the passive things that would help everybody where, like, if everybody started sending more encrypted traffic, then the act of sending encrypted traffic isn't inherently suspicious. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say, like, it's... One of the things Cory Doctorow talks about, and I encourage you to watch some of his outside of the book talks because he's he works for the EFF he's trying to get rid of uh, 
DMCA laws mm-hmm. around. Right now, it's illegal for people to, because code is copyrighted, it's illegal for you to say, public. Uh, if you're a security researcher, it's illegal for you to publicly say that there are security flaws in a pacemaker. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> when you should be able to say that. Yeah. So getting rid of things like that. But talking about how the act of one, the act of being surveilled automatically changes human behavior. If you think you're being watched, you're changing what you're doing. Yeah. And if you're think, and if you assume you're being watched all the time, that affects, affects everything you do. And this is more Glenn Greenwald who uh, wrote a lot with snow about the, the Snowden stuff, but the idea of, well, I don't have anything to hide. I'm not a criminal. Well, if you don't have anything to hide, you know, give me your passwords to all your bank accounts and your email. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that you're doing anything wrong, but you have a right to keep stuff to yourself. Yeah. I enjoy this. So this reminds me a lot of, um, Lawrence Lessig's book, mm-hmm. uh, which I forget the title. Remix or whatever his first one was. Maybe it was Remix. Was there one before that? Recode. Yeah. Maybe no. that. Whatever he I'll wrote leading up to like when, anyway, Lawrence Lessig also works for the FF sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And his book is about um, copyright law and that kind of stuff. Uh and it is a harder sell, I think, to get someone to read that book because it just seems so boring. Whereas I like the idea a lot of like having a secret payload <laughs> inside of something that's at least enjoyable to read. Um, I think that's really smart. Right. I mean, it is a plot, and it and Cory Doctorow, you know, writes books too, and so there's a plot to it. And yeah. nothing is. I mean, he does explain, you know public private key encryption but it's not boring right uh the so this book is a good jumping off point for like oh yeah, exactly like i should think about this stuff and even if like i'm not trying to hide things from the government or i i'm not a journalist like even just encrypting my traffic helps right helps with that and we talked about this the other day but like and people need to, people aren't going to do it because they're lazy. And not even I think that people are lazy. It's just hard. Yeah. Like, no, there aren't really any... I mean, there are lots of great tools for doing it, but none of them get over that... Nerd hump. Nerd hump, yeah. Nerd hump. <laughs> Hashtag nerd hump. So I could talk about this book all day. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to talk to people about it. So I love this book. The One of the good things about this book uh, is... Uh, he released it under Creative Commons, so you can go to his website and download it in whatever format you want for free. Yeah, that's awesome. That's just, why I'm going to do it. You can go download it, and it's not long, so it's relatively short. Um, he also published uh, for teachers, teacher guides, so if you want to use this in the classroom. Yeah. And it says and if you really like the book and you want to pay for it, uh, he suggests there's a fund that works on getting printed copies for schools oh cool so that's what he suggests you donate it to um, is it is it similar in vibe to 1984 yeah that's where little brother comes from okay because like i remember my i had a very similar professor similar vibe professor in 
in I guess junior year, whenever you read 1984, uh, and it sticks out in my mind. It was like they were the some of the best conversations in co- in high school uh, about stuff. Um, yeah, and it doesn't shy away from the argument. So there are characters saying, you know, well, this keeps us safe, or I don't care, like I've got nothing to hide, or right. Like, why are you going against our government? They're here to protect us. Like those type of things. And they aren't easy questions and it doesn't pretend that they are, but it does keep come from a fundamental premise of the government. Uh, our government uh, is formed from the consent of the governed right. uh, Thomas Jefferson. And uh, once it stops doing that, um, it is, it loses its legitimacy. Mm-hmm. And, how people deal with that situation. So tell me, what is the age, what is an appropriate age to begin reading this book? That's uh, well, it's it was I think it's pitched as youth lit. Mm-hmm. So I would say a high schooler and above. Cool. Would enjoy this book. Uh, there's also a sequel uh, that you can read if you like. Medium it. brother. It's called Homeland. Oh, that's not as that's not as funny as write that down but uh go pick up the book you can get it we'll put a link in the show notes but you can get it for free and start reading it digitally cool right now i'm gonna do that do that this tonight i'm gonna put it on the old ipad do it all right uh, so now ross it is time for quick hits quick How good was that? That was awesome. So we have a new quick hit song. We have a quick hit song, and it's so. This is by Matt Fisher, friend of the show, friend of the show, friend of the show, Matt Fisher, and he has his a pod, his podcast, Life Leave Me Alone, which loners. is about loner, yeah, for all the loners out there, it's about uh, comics, comics, wrestling, and music, which you know, it's like it's like the you get to pick two, you know, you know those like business triangles. Yeah. You can either have lunch, you can. Uh, you can uh, work on your computer, or you can uh, go out for drinks. Pick two. Pick two, yeah. And so you can pick two with his podcast. Um, That's the tri- business <laughs> triangle, right? <laughs> but we've been, we've been, and this has not gone unnoticed. So like we had a, we had a, another friend of the show, Stefan, listen to all our back catalog. And I guess in like re- reverse order or something, but he was like, every time you guys go quick hits and kids. I wanted to, he, he was like, I wanted to know where that came from. So I just listened to all of the episodes and it didn't come from anywhere. No, we, <laughs> we just started making little songs and it kind of comes from Matt's podcast where he, they have, a, they have their own like cool segment jingles, including one for get into it. That's like, get into it. yeah. And so we just kind of have been doing that for quick hits. And then Matt out of the kindness of his heart yeah. recorded this amazing quick hits jingle which is officially a quick hit thing we like. Quick hit thing we like. Thank you, Matt. Man, I am like I've listened to that quick hits jingle. Quick hit, quick hit. Sixty times probably since he sent it over. So a hundred thousand thank yous to Matt because that's just the best thing that's ever happened to me. It is. It is. Do you have any other quick hits that aren't <laughs> as awesome? Nothing. I'm sorry, no, quick nothing hits. Will nothing will be, as, will be awesome. as awesome as that. I do have one quick hit, which is I installed the iOS 10 public beta on my iPad, uh, which is actually really good and i put this program called swift playgrounds on it which is this learn to code thing it's very much like carol the robot if yeah. you did that mm-hmm. uh, back in high school to learn pascal um but uh so i've been doing it it's super fun uh, and my nine-year-old daughter has been has been going through swift playgrounds and with an intensity 
I mean, she gets she gets intensely into things, but to the level of like, I describe it. You know when your dog has its favorite chew toy mm-hmm. and you try to take it away? I go, yeah. That's my kid with the iPad with Swift Playgrounds on it. Does it fill you with joy? It does. That's and awesome. So at dinner tonight, um, my wife Kat was like sharing like code stories with my daughters and, and my daughter was like uh, talking about how her code wasn't working and they were like trying to talk through debugging it over dinner. That great. is awesome. That fills me with joy too. I'm excited for you. Um, I have one small quick hit. Small quick hit. Quick hits. Uh, I got a hat. I got a new hat and it is a fedora. S- no, <laughs> no, it's not a fedora. It is a full brimmed dun, 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 dun. hat. Dun, dun, dun. I wish it is it, it an old lady beach hat? It's right there. You can see it hanging Ooh. from the from the thing. But I I didn't I want the sun to never touch my skin. And so <laughs> that coupled with the fact that I'm an adult now and probably need to wear less baseball caps in my life. True. So I got or this you could go full green, man. <laughs> I could go full green and that would serve the same purpose. Uh, so I got a, I got like a straw-ish hat that the brim goes all the way around. Keeps the sun off my neck, my face, my ears. I'm a big fan. It, you have to wear it with, it's one of those things like when we talked about on the clothing episode, like mm-hmm. you just have to wear it with confidence. Yeah. And it's fine. But I, you are definitely a guy wearing a hat. That was one of the things in Stranger Things is some of the men had hats. Yeah. That was still in the hat era. I think let's bring the hat era back. I don't think it can come back. I honestly don't. This hat says otherwise. Right there. I get that you have that hat and it looks great and, and it's a good casual hat. Yeah. But you're not wearing a hat with a suit. Oh, no. I wouldn't wear that with a suit. You wouldn't wear that hat with a suit, but you also... Yeah, it's true. You're right. Yeah. Wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I don't have like a felt fancy hat to wear. Is that a th- Were they made out of felt? I, I don't know. No I idea. just said that. I don't know. I have no idea. Neither do I. If we have any Milners... <laughs> please write, write please us. Please write us. Ross. Yes, Sam. This has been a great episode. It's been good. We love doing it. Yeah. Where can one find show notes for this episode? SamandRossLikeThings.com. Dot com. Right at the dang top. Right at the dang top. Yep. Do we have to say anything else? Or I don't know. Where where, where where are you on the internet these days? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm at, at Mr. Beefy, or you can go to SamDavies.me as my web zone. All right. And I'm uh, at Ross Catro, R-O-S-S-C-A-T-R-O-W. And that's on all of the things. All of the things, including Peach. Inclu- <laughs> including Peach. <laughs> but yo, and Snapchat. Hit me up on the Snapchats, okay? I like the Snapchat. It's it's a medium quick hit. A mini quick hit. All right. All right. I'll see you way sooner than a fortnight. But we'll see each other in this context. In a fortnight. In a fortnight. Bye, Ross. See ya. Bye. Bye.